0: hey guys i'm monica crowley and this is the monica crowley podcast thanks so much for joining me here on this wednesday we are hump day and I'm glad to have you on board. This is your go to for Hot Liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Don't forget to check me out on social media. On Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. You can also send me an email about this show and let me know what's on your mind. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Again, Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. All right. Today, I do want to spend a good deal of time focused on election integrity because without clean elections, without free and fair elections, we have no country. We have been experiencing this now for decades. Some elections worse than others, but now we're at a point where they're pretty much all bad. And so what do we do about it? As all of you guys know, we spend a lot of time and energy on this show talking about election integrity, because the point is that if you don't have safe and secure elections in which we all have confidence, we have no country. And the country that we know and love is rapidly just falling through the sieve. And we're marching down this road of real tyranny. I mean, we're already there in many ways but the hijacking and the rigging and the stealing of our elections has been going on for a very long time you guys all know the stories that i share with you about conversations i had with former president nixon during the last years of his life and the conversations we had about the 1960 presidential election when the old man kennedy and lyndon johnson and the entire democrat machine rigged the voting in three main states And through the election to John F. Kennedy, stole it right under the nose from Richard Nixon, who chose not to contest the results of that election uh, because he said, we were in a Cold War with the Soviet Union and the country needed a full-time president. Well, that kind of selflessness got him exactly nowhere. Except, you know, elected in 1968 and then having the deep state target him and remove him from office a couple of years later. So we are really in very deep in terms of the fraud that goes along with our elections now. And the fact that we all just kind of accept it and kind of shrug and say, well, we'll look forward to the next one. Well, the next one obviously is gonna be rigged in more sophisticated ways than the last ones. So we talk about this a lot on this show and we go through the facts and the evidence that we have so far of the illegalities, irregularities and other shady stuff that has gone on, uh, You know, like I said, for a long time, but certainly the 2020 election, the 2022 election, we've covered a lot of outrageous things that went down in those elections. But there's more. There's always more when you're dealing with Democrats and the left and how they rig elections. So today, I wanted to spend more time talking about this in a more fulsome way with the great Catherine Engelbrecht. Now, Catherine, and I, I've been saying this now for days, Catherine is really the OG of election (laughs) integrity. Back in 2009, Catherine started something called King Street Patriots to support and defend American exceptionalism, constitutional governance, and civic duty. And that then turned into True the Vote. And I'm sure you guys have heard of this. If not, I don't know what rock you've been living under, but True the Vote um, began and continues as a citizen-led effort to restore honor and integrity to our electoral system. True the Vote is probably the nation's foremost voter integrity organization. It educates voters. It researches the veracity of voter registries and moves to get all kinds of ineligible people thrown off the voter rolls. It trains and mobilizes volunteers to work in polling places. I'm talking to you guys all the time about doing that, about staffing on election day. And now we have election months. So we got to focus on that, too. And it really gets out there and advocates for comprehensive election code reform legislation, which we need across the board. True the Vote now is operating in 30 states and focuses its time and energy really on the states and counties known to have massive fraud. Catherine is a heroine of the Republic, and I'm so happy that she joins us now. Catherine, welcome.
1: Oh, wow. Thanks, Monica. I appreciate I appreciate all of that. And thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, it's all true. And it's my pleasure to have you with us, Catherine. And I, I have to say, you know, you were out there long before uh, people were really focused on elections and the integrity of our elections. And I remember hearing about True the Vote when you first launched it. And I, you know, I and everybody else thought, wow, you know, she is fantastic. This is great. And then, you know, you were doing your work, you know, behind the scenes and it didn't get a lot of attention necessarily. You were here and there and everywhere, but you were working so hard. And now that that fraud is so widespread and it's so now in our faces. The work that you've been doing over so many years takes on more significance and more importance. So I'm really happy to have you here. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you got started? Because I, I gave the background of Truth Vote, but you know, you were just you know a regular American citizen. 2009, the Tea Party starts, and you're looking
1: around at your country, and you're thinking, "What?" I'm thinking, "Gosh, government is everywhere I turn." I was a, a frontline healthcare giver or, or provider for my parents, and and. That was a challenge because of government limitations on the types of services they could receive. I was a small business owner, and we had all manner of uh, new requirements and regulations coming down the pike uh, from government. It was just everywhere. And I thought, you know, if I want to see a change, I need to get involved. And and it quickly led me to elections because as passionate as I was, as passionate as the Tea Party movement, movement was at the time, that the passion has to translate into action. And so um, there was just, there were not enough volunteers to work at the upcoming election. And so myself and a small group that had sort of assembled and, and uh, decided to kind of stick together and figure things out, We well, we just figured we'd go work at the polls, see what happened. And the rest really is history. We saw problems and fought that. If we deconstructed those problems and reported them to the county, certainly the county would fix them and we learned. (laughs) So naive. (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, uh, To to further that naivete, I also thought that election integrity was not going to be a partisan matter, that it would be something that everybody could agree upon, and that we would all work together, and it should be fairly simple, right? I mean, we, we register voters, and then they should go vote, and then we count those votes, and that's it. It should just be a process, and um, as we've now all seen, uh, you know, certainly eyes opened in 2020 like never before, and uh, the process has eroded to a, to a point now where, where we've, we've really got to jump in with, uh, with our waiters on and get serious or we're going to lose it all.
0: When you started your work with True the Vote, I mean, I'm sure you saw shenanigans, you saw mechanical issues, you saw all kinds of things, you know, back in um, when you started this. 2009, 2010, etc. But when you began this, did you ever think, in your wildest dreams, that the fraud would be of this magnitude and this
1: sophistication? You know, I have to say, I did, and I'll tell you why. Because, as as wide eyed and innocent as I was to the process immediately or in the in the in the infancy of the effort, um, Quickly, I began to understand not just the brokenness of the system, but the but the the lack of any logical reason that it should be this broken. Which suggested to me that there was a plan in place to keep to keep the process weak and uh, exposed, so that those who knew how to subvert it could do just that. And and so I I, w- I recognized that. That there was, in all likelihood, a much bigger reason for the brokenness of process. and And I will tell you that it was uh, confirmed that we were very, very close to something when the targeting of groups like ours became um, uh, you know, headline news, Lois Lerner and the IRS, you may recall all of that. that that took on such a um, such a, a big part of our story for so many years. With 23 different audits or investigations in a very short period of time, and I bring that up only to say, why would they have hit us with the full weight and force of five different agencies of the federal government? This little tiny group in Houston, Texas, were we not onto something? And so we've just held on, and and now, um, you know, as I say, 2020 eyes are opening and people are beginning to realize. Uh, just how just how far we've really fallen and and how much work needs to be done to get us back.
0: I do remember that now that you're saying that, I remember the whole lowest learner abuse of the IRS targeting conservative groups, Christian groups, populist groups. And I do remember you were right there in the crosshairs. Whatever happened
1: to that? what What happened with that case? Well, we um, we decided to sue the IRS. And we sued them in 2013 and fought like uh, like our lives depended on it, which in fact they did, um, up through 2019 when we won. We beat the IRS. And, and honestly, Monica, I thought in 2019, because we didn't settle, we got, I mean, we fought it all the way through. We got great case law out of it. And, and I really, after after a very long time, I mean, prior to starting to the vote, I'd never been in court. Uh, post starting through the vote, I've never been out. I've not been out Mm -hmm. of court since 2009. And so when we finally won in 2019, I thought, well, you know, maybe that was what this was all about. Maybe that was my call was to, was, was, you know, to show that one person standing up to, you know, speaking truth to power matters. And and that was, that was my reason. Um, But in the fourth quarter of 2019, um, I began to see that, there were things moving in ways that suggested that 2020 was going to be far more than just an intense year. It was going to fundamentally change the structure of elections, the push towards mail ballots, the the absolute walling off of cleaning the voting rolls. Uh, those things did not bode well for the coming election. So I knew we had to we had to stay in, and we did. And I'm so glad because it's. Um, I think now America is finally ready to deal with the very longstanding problems that we've had.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think sometimes you have to hit the bottom of the barrel for you to wake right. up, you know, whether it's that's with it. addiction or in a relationship
1: or with what is happening in your country. That's right. That's that's exactly right. and 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 I think that you know what we saw and, and you said it just spot on uh, in your comments you know when I started true the vote there really wasn't any focus on election integrity that was not a thing and there's a lot of reasons for that but for you know how however you want to look at it, the fact remains that we were sort of the only ones doing this type of work at that time. what we saw in 2020 were so many new people coming into the fold and trying to figure it out and And there's such a sharp learning curve that has to go along with this this subject matter that, you know, it was kind of painful to watch it play out on a national stage. But now, three years in, people are, you know, people are getting their sea legs. And I think come 2024, we're going to have a seasoned lot of citizens who are ready to participate in 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 very fundamental ways and we've never had that as a country so I'm very encouraged about what's ahead but but it's going to be a fight yeah and it it takes a lot of work
0: and thank god you're doing the the hard work of you know helping to build out this election integrity army that we need because that's what we need and I call for it all the time on this show too, for volunteers to go and, and be poll watchers, observers. If you're an attorney, volunteer your time in case there are legal challenges. There are all kinds of things that we can all do, and, and we'll get into that in a bit. Catherine, please hang tight. We've got a lot more ahead on these huge questions, so please stay right there. First, so guys, as we hit this break, you know you've heard me talk a lot about Nutrafol for a long time now, and that's because Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended Hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth thickness, and visible scalp coverage for both men and women. For my listeners, for you guys, when you use promo code MONICA, you will get $10 off your first month subscription. This offer is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus free shipping on every order. Nutrafol is a hair growth supplement that goes beyond genetics to target stress Hormones, nutrition, metabolism, aging, and lifestyle factors that may be impacting your hair. Thinning is different for men and women. Nutrafol has multiple unique formulas for men and women to provide exactly what they need based on their biology and age. Every formula is physician-formulated using natural medical-grade ingredients for reliable results without compromises. In clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after just six months. Nutrafol is also trusted and recommended by more than 3,000 top doctors. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going going to nutrafol.com and entering the promo code monica to save $10 off your first month subscription this offer is only available to US customers for a limited time so act right now plus free shipping on every order get $10 off at nutrafol.com spelled n u t r a f o l nutrafol.com promo code monica we're coming right back We're back now with Katherine Engelbrecht of True the Vote. You know, so many of us on the conservative side, or even just neutral side, we've been so busy (laughs) leading our lives, raising families, working hard, that our sort of naivete about all of this has really not served us well. That, you know, and you said this at the start, well, you register to vote, and then you cast your vote, and then you go home and you wait for the results to come in on TV. And the other side has been waging a war for the future of this country for decades, decades. So I always say, you know, we've been in a war for America, but only one side has been fighting it, them, (laughs) and not us. And now I think you're exactly right. I think because the fraud was so rampant, and so, and and everything that they orchestrated in 2020—from the virus to the economic shutdowns to antifa and BLM burning down the country to using COVID to leverage mail-in ballots and early voting and ballot harvesting and ballot curing and all this other crap that they've done. We were still, even when we were in the midst of that, Catherine, um, we, we still, all of it was going past us because we were focused on saving the American economy and small businesses and making sure our kids were being taught even though they were out of school. Everything, we were focused on all that stuff. And on the other hand, the left was engaged in all of this activity to create total chaos
1: so that they could rig the 2020 election. Totally agree. Engineered chaos. That fog right. of COVID rolled across the country and people just, you know, it, it is it is beyond the the conception of a of a rational, decent human being to think that our government would participate in such an orchestrated event to suppress freedom and, and intentionally cripple our, our culture in the way that they did in 2020. And, and absolutely our elections uh, suffered as a consequence. And, and you know it's it's never been lost on me and shouldn't be lost on anyone that the the idea that that so many changes happened in our election during a time when the better part of America was in quarantine and couldn't see each other face to face and didn't have normal um, business exchanges happening in, in any regard. Businesses were shutting down and being limited in hours. Yet, you, they still found a way for Mark Zuckerberg through CTCL to move almost half a billion dollars in just a very short few months into a production of drop boxes that, that found a way to be manufactured and distributed all over the country with new legislation to support all, that just, the government doesn't move that fast unless it's planned.
0: Yes, that is exactly right. And it was all legal.
1: Right. right. So
0: now there have been some states that since all of this came to light about Zuckerbucks going into places like Wisconsin and other swing states and and areas um, to influence the election, there have been some states that have taken on countermeasures on this. Am I right or am I wrong on that?
1: No, you're exactly right. There are states that have moved to um, limit or uh, disallow the abilities for for private funds to be uh directed to county offices county election offices um more specifically there have been states i'll uh, name a few georgia and and, uh, wisconsin come to mind that have gotten rid of their drop boxes so that's great Uh, we're seeing um the the wake up around the mess that are that is our voter rolls uh, and the lack of accuracy in the rolls has long plagued the process and now we're seeing states that are moving out of um, a, a, a convention that has long been in place called ERIC that had limited their ability to get the rolls clean. They're moving out of that and taking ownership back again. Uh, so uh, there, there are many great things that are, that are happening. And, um, and it's going and to come at the, you know, it, certainly at the expense of the 2020 election, but as a result of, of what happened. Um, talk to us a little bit.
0: Catherine, if you would, about 2,000 mules. So when the film came out, we had Dinesh on the show. Dinesh is a great friend, and he was talking about his alliance with you in terms of investigating what happened with um, the transfer, the trafficking of these votes. I mean, you guys did absolutely incredible work in exposing this. And, you know, we heard over and over again, we still do, that the 2020 election was the most secure election in history. That was false obviously. Um, and we also heard over and over again that there was no evidence of election fraud, which was also false. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you and Dinesh put together? Because apparently you guys at True the Vote had the largest store of election data on the 2020 election. Is that true? How did you get that? Is it just public knowledge?
1: Well, we've, we have, as an organization, have, have long. Um, as a part of our process, uh, collected election, election voter rolls, election relevant data. So it's absolutely true to say we had um, we had a, a, a massive trove of data in the immediate aftermath of the twenty twenty election, and it included things like yes, the voter rolls, but chain of custody uh, documentation to try to understand what was happening in the movement of these mail ballots every cycle we host an election integrity hotline and uh, this, this past cycle we got some 10,000 or thereabouts calls in that laid out very clearly uh, what was happening in the various states of concern and and so we 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 felt like we had you know we, we'd filed lawsuits I mean we had we felt like we, we had a pretty good line of sight on it and of course our decision to to measure what we believed could be the exploitation of drop boxes, And, and to test that hypothesis, we bought data uh, that, that's, that's called geospatial data. It's, it's, it's cell phone driven data, driven by the apps on your phone, which is sold to, you know, bundled and sold to marketing companies. We made a massive investment in that. And, and, and honestly, the movie was never a goal. Um, I, I called Dinesh only after we had taken our, our data and, and maps and, 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 story to, to the jurisdictions where we had done the research and, and, and explained what had happened and, and how we believe that if they began to invest, open an investigation, what this would lead to, and 201 they didn't want any part of it. They were already in, these are some of them Republican led States, and they were, they were already locked into this notion that it was a big lie. We need to move on. We can't look at it. If we, if you are right, and if we look at it, it's going to undo all the things, you know, that, that many of them have been out there saying, and so it would have, it would have just withered and died. And it was I, the the way I even knew Dinesh, ironically, is because his wife Debbie is someone I had trained to be a poll watcher. She's bilingual, and those are like gold inside of polling places, you always need trans uh, translators. And so I called Debbie and I said, look, I just, I have to tell you what we have done. I think America needs to see it. And can we get together and, and let's show you. And, and, you know, that's, that's how the movie came about. Uh, internally, we had been calling, we, uh, we started with the question of how do you take down a cartel? Because this is an organized syndicate an organized criminal syndicate. So how do you take down a cartel? And as we, as we began to break into the sort of the, the component parts of the formula, you had the, the stash houses, which is where there seems to be a nexus of something happening that would have required investigation, but there was an a indication according to the data and the cell signals, that cell signals were, were starting at certain nonprofit organizations and then going repeatedly to drop boxes over and over and over again. And that's effectively what we studied. You had to have a very uh, a device that exhibited a very high threshold of activity. So it wasn't just somebody going to a Dropbox once or twice or three times or four times. We only looked at people that went 10 or more times to Dropboxes and five or more times to nonprofit organizations and that did not exhibit the same pattern either before or after early election. Oftentimes they went back to entirely different states. So something was going on. And we believed that if we turned that over to law enforcement, they would engage and they did not.
0: Another naive assumption. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Law enforcement would say right because every institution has been absolutely corrupted, and everything is so political now that you you have no hope whether it's in the court system or law enforcement. Forget it. Um, Were were these? And I I remember asking Dinesh this question as well. Were these trafficked votes real votes that were simply bundled, harvested, and dropped off, or were they falsified? fraudulent votes?
1: Well, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I can't tell you. Um, it could have been either. Um, there were certainly enough, what I call, slop in the system to support the notion that it could have been uh, real ballots in terms of the, the, the printing, the official nature of the ballot itself. But remember, these ballots were being mailed out to In certain states, they were being mailed to the entire voter roll, active and inactive. And based upon our research, about 25% of the rules are wrong just straight out of the gate. So now you're getting, you're getting live ballots sent out, again, all new rules in, in many states uh, around how you could even request a ballot. Uh, Certain states of North Carolina always comes to mind because the way they change their process, Monica, you could you could just send an email to the Secretary of State and tell them whose ballot you wanted sent to you. It was literally that easy to subvert the process. Hi, I'm Catherine Engelbrecht. I am helping Monica Crowley and I need to have her ballot sent to me. Okay
0: crazy it's it's crazy well my mom lives in new jersey and she get she only got one ballot but they get it unsolicited so mm-hmm. in new jersey they just automatically mail everybody on the voter rolls a ballot whether you ask for one or not and so they're obviously sending out ballots to deceased people to a household right? And if you're in that household, you can fill out that ballot, mail it back in, no problem. Okay, please stand by. We've got more coming up with Katherine Engelbrecht straight ahead. We are back with Katherine Engelbrecht of True the Vote. I shared this story on election day last year, 2022. I'm in New York State. I was voting for my friend Lee Zeldin for governor. And I went physically in person on election day. And they, the woman behind the desk handed me the folder. And in the folder was two ballots, not one. But two. Now it could have been an accident because the the ballots are you know all put together, and she could have accidentally grabbed two and put it in the folder. But I marched right back to her. She didn't recognize me. I I walked right back and I said, "You gave me two ballots." And she kind of looked at me and sort of half smiled, and she said, "Oh, oh my goodness, I, I apologize. I could get in trouble for that." And I looked at her and I said, "Yeah." (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I immediately alerted Lee and his campaign was alerted to it. This was happening in New York city. Um, Again, it could have been an accident. You know, the ballots get stuck together, but you know, even an accident, these things are happening. If they're orchestrated, they're accidents, they're everywhere. And so the system is just sloshing around with all of this Fraud with all of these ballots, the mail-in ballot—I mean, it is just a tsunami of potential That's exactly fraud. Right.
1: That's exactly right. And and you and you know, and you don't need a whole lot to swing an election, right? Twenty-five percent of elections are decided by two or less percentage points. That's stunning. You don't you don't need a whole lot. That's why every vote counts. And and y- you you just can't deny that the left-to-center crowd is out there playing for every single vote. They're pushing us towards the most insecure way to cast and count your votes and that is mail ballots. We've got to get ahead of that. America is being left in the dust in terms of its process by 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 comparison to other industrialized nations. We are being fed a line about the security of our elections and the world knows it After the 2000 mules movie came out, which by the way, was shown in the E.U., was translated into other languages, what we were hearing coming back to us was, "Thank you. Thank you. We saw what happened in 2020. Please don't let this ha- it's happened in my country. Please don't let it happen in America. Please don't stop fighting. So the world is watching.
0: Yes. Yes, for sure, and they can't believe what's going on in supposedly the world's only superpower, greatest nation on earth, leader of the free world. I mean, it's just beyond belief. Getting back to the Zuckerbucks, there has been some reporting, Catherine, that Um, Zuckerberg and that group, what is it, the CTC or something that. CTCL, um, yes. Yes, the group that they used to to funnel, they funneled all this money into the group, and then the group was dispersing the funds into the swing districts and swing states to mobilize uh, this vote harvesting, ballot harvesting, mobilizing the vote, etc. Because states have taken some countermeasures to block that from happening again, the reporting now is that Zuckerberg is as committed as he was um, back in 2020 to influence the next presidential election, and that he and and this group have found new and creative ways to get around the new legislation to, to try to block it, and that he is committed to Half a billion, billion dollars in order to do that. What are you hearing in terms of what we're facing about new ways that he's approaching this?
1: Well, yeah, it's exactly, absolutely what we are seeing happen. It's been reconstituted much in the pattern of, if you recall, Acorn. When Congress cut the funding to Acorn, suddenly those offices shut down. But there were, you know, tiny little acorns birthed all over the country under new names. And that's what we're seeing now is this, this sort of fracturing, this sort of metastasizing of new groups with the same, with the same drive. And that is uh, to, to press for mail ballots, to press for the play on, on drop boxes. And they are, they are mobilizing for now for voter registration to make sure that they know of them have a, a, a lockdown on the the lay of the land when those ballots go out and they intend to play it just like they did in 2020 and we must stand in that gap.
0: A hundred percent and you know this this points to a much bigger point, which is that the left has an abundance of resources obviously they've got first of all they've got they control every institution because a long march through the institution so they control the government, they control now the judicial system they control the media obviously and they control big tech. So uh, uh, with all of these instruments in the hands of the left, we are really facing an uphill battle. But one of the great advantages that the left has, Catherine, is that they have an abundance of imagination. Mm -hmm. So they, and they think in really dark, nefarious criminal ways. We don't, our side doesn't, we abide by the law, but the other side thinks in really dark, kinds of creative ways. So they've got all of this imagination about how to rig elections within the law so that they're not criticized for breaking the law. And they're always coming up with new and creative ways to do it. And so my concern is that the the good work that we're all doing, especially you and True the Vote, to anticipate what's coming next, I think they're so far beyond that. Like, we're always fighting the last war. So we're all focused yeah. now on ballot harvesting and early voting. And I, I'm saying those things are necessary. But I think that the left, including Zuckerberg with his billion dollars, and but the, the left just in general, I think they're so far past that already that they have new imaginative ways to rig the next election that we haven't even thought of yet. And we're, we're back fighting 2020 and trying to fix that when they've got other things in their sights.
1: Well, you're, you're, you're right about that. And, and, um, and you're right about the way you characterize them. It's, 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 to me, it's, it's the difference, the fundamental difference between um, being a creator or being a destroyer. And, and the left, sadly, is on the side of destruction they are, they, are, they are laser focused, everything is a means to an end, and whatever it takes to achieve their agenda, they, they, it is a mass formation, typical of authoritarian thought, they are moving in lockstep towards their ends, which has a, a very humanistic mechanized model uh, of government control while it is overwhelming, and yes, you are exactly right, you ticked off all the institutions that that have now become um, so I mean, the frauds become institutionalized in so many respects. but but you know, America is waking up and understanding, and I, and I think this this goes on, but this this cuts both sides of the aisle because you have a con- you have a controlling elite really on both sides. Uh, both parties have, have these elements that think that they solely can control the outcome of the rest of the country and their countrymen. And as long as we allow that, that's true. But when we wake up and rise, they can't, they can't affect that kind of change. If we just dis- choose, and I believe that we are choosing to exert our free will and saying, wait, what? This doesn't make sense. We're not going to do that. We're not We're not going to allow it. we're going to we're going to step up with in terms of fighting in the courts, in terms of demanding more of our legislators, but also on game day election the election season, which you know sadly we have created uh, with some states voting a month starting a month's vote before election day, we have so many more millions of Americans that are educated as to the process, the chain of command, asking questions early. Nobody is going to be surprised when they begin to throw down the similar things that occurred in 2020 where they're trying to get rid of, of Republican poll watchers. and so All of that we should be prepared for. But I also think we have a unique opportunity now to message to our fellow Americans, irrespective of R or D, just about look at what is happening to our country. I believe that there is a huge opportunity, maybe better than ever before, to change hearts and minds and engage, engage people in voting and, and maybe longstanding Democrats. I mean, the, what's, what's happening now with, with, I mean, I characterize it as an authoritarian takeover and, and that's, not, you know, that's not your grandfather's Democrats. That is something far, far different what what we are seeing now is a far, far different, far more insidious global connectedness to a place that America does not want to find itself. And, and, and so I'm hopeful. I mean, it's going to be tough. We are going to have, I mean, we're in six lawsuits right now. It's, it's a battle every single day. Um, and then I'll throw one other thing out at you. And that is uh, we um, among, among many other elements of our, of our, of government now are being shown to have been subverted by uh, foreign inter- foreign interference. And we, have, as part of what we uncovered in, in the 2020 and forward um, span of time, have also found foreign interference in elections. And I believe that, and we're fighting that out in courts and a lot has come from all of it, but I believe it's an opportunity. Whether or not you like mail-in ballots, we should all be able to agree that the Chinese Communist Party shouldn't run our elections. So maybe Mm -hmm. there's some hope there.
0: I love your inherent optimism, Catherine. You really—it is. I, I think everybody needs to hear that optimism because things are pretty bleak out there. All right, we've got to hit a quick break, but we will be right back with much more with Catherine Engelbrecht. First, though, so guys, The Economist recently reported that American philanthropy is going woke, like everything else, and predominantly funding left-wing causes. Do you want to help counterbalance this left-wing influence? If so consider listening to Giving Ventures. It'll give you an idea of the liberty-minded organizations working to erase the heavy hand of government so individuals can prosper and thrive. Giving Ventures is a podcast designed to help donors and prospective donors discover new opportunities to change the world for the better. Twice a month, the Giving Ventures podcast highlights several nonprofit efforts, initiatives, and projects that leverage private philanthropy, to solve public problems. Recently, they were joined by Star Parker, founder and president of the Center for Urban Renewal and Education. That's a charity that works with lawmakers to craft policy that lifts people out of poverty. Kendall Qualls, president of Take Charge MN, whose organization promotes common sense family policy and vocational training. And Bob Woodson, the founder and president of the Woodson Center, a charity that helps revitalize low-income communities. The show is a product of Donors Trust, the oldest and largest donor-advised fund helping conservative and libertarian givers simplify, protect, and grow their giving. The team at Donors Trust regularly engages with the policy groups, student organizations, academic centers, and civil society nonprofits that work to limit government grow personal responsibility, and strengthen free enterprise. So if you care about the principles of liberty, and if charitable giving is an important part of your life, Giving Ventures is the podcast for you. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, like this one, and catch up on the latest episode by visiting DonorsTrust.org Monica. We're coming right back. All right, we're back now with our final moments with Catherine Engelbrecht of True the Vote. I would just leave you with these couple of thoughts, which is because more and more people are awake to the threat of election rigging, election stealing, in large part thanks to you and True the Vote's work over many years, and certainly the, the catastrophe of the 2020 election, because more people are awake, the left has to work even harder in order to rig and steal elections. I mean, they had to shut down the global economy, spread a virus, create BLM, um, create Antifa, burn down the country in order to stop Donald Trump and the America First movement back in 2020. So they have to ratchet up their game because more and more of us are onto them. And the second point is, you know, that They cannot, the left and the Democrats cannot win on the merits of the issues. They just can't because the American people just wholesale reject uh, what they stand for. I'm not talking about the core radicals, but I'm talking about the vast majority of the American people. So of course, they have to steal elections and rig them in order to win them because they can't win on the merits. So when you have those two basic facts in hand, it really is kind of liberating
1: for this fight for integrity, right? I, I I absolutely agree. It's it's how I put my head on my pillow at night and know that there is reason to fight on because the, it is all is not lost. We do have to fight. It, the government's not going to fix this. The political parties are not going to fix this. This is America's choice if we are going to watch it go down the tubes or not, and it's going to happen on our watch. So we have a choice to dig deep, get involved and and save this republic for our children and our children's children or not. And we will watch on our, on our time, a country slip away that, that, that didn't have to if we would have just made you know, made that sacrifice to engage just a little bit. I think, but I think people are waking up and I'm very encouraged. Oh, I, I love
0: that message. Catherine. where can we find you and True The Vote and how can people support
1: your work? Uh, you can check us out at um website that's full of all manner of things that we have going on which frustratingly now is just almost a daily update of lawsuits but it's still the importance of the fight that's at hand and those suits are very very important so you can check that out i host a monday night uh, podcast on locals that you're welcome to listen into and uh, on the social media platforms recently back on twitter two weeks ago for the first time in three years so that we were since being deplatformed. So that's where you can find us. And uh, we are in the trenches every day, working hard.
0: Everybody needs to support True the Vote, True the vote.org.
1: go up there, check
0: out their incredibly important work and support them however you can. Um, before we let you go, Catherine, I forgot to ask you about the importance of Carrie Lake's win at the Arizona Supreme Court over signature verification. Can you just give us a brief view of, of what's happening there? Sure.
1: Um, yeah, we actually had a case there, too. Uh, the same, and ours was entirely focused on signature verification. And just because of the way election contests go, it, hers, hers took a path. And, and it is great news that she is now being, being allowed the opportunity to actually have the case heard on its merits. And the subject matter, the signature verification piece, is, is an essential is an essential debate to have for all of our country because what is happening because of this proliferation of mail ballots is that computer programs artificial intelligence is being used and it's being used in arizona to decide winners and losers to decide what signatures match and don't and that is a very easy model to introduce bias into and what we believe the facts will show is that in fact what happened in arizona was a model was put into place that disallowed or allowed, depending upon the, the location and, and um, organization, allowed for signatures to be manipulated in a way to lead carry to a, to a loss that, that she shouldn't have had to, uh, to face. So that's what they're gonna be arguing and the, the facts are there. Uh, the, the organization that was controlling the signature verifications company called Runbeck and you can read all about their AI models the, and the the bias in them, and you'll you'll see you'll see it laid plain as day. They're up to no good.
0: Well, and I, it, they had to ratchet up uh, their election fraud on election day with machines that were malfunctioning and everything right. else because Carrie Lake was was really carrying the day, and she is the rightful governor, I believe, of Arizona. Um, well, thank you for those insights. And, uh, you know, we're watching that click case very carefully. She is one of the very, very few who's actually taking the fight into the courts and taking it to the left and taking it to the Democrats. And that's what we need to do. And you're doing that every day. And you have been for years. You're such a heroine. Catherine Engelbrecht, the organization is called True the Vote. Find them on the web at truethevote.org. And again, please check them out. See their work and support them however you can. Catherine, it is so good to talk to you. Thank
1: you so much. Oh, thank you so much, Monica.
0: Okay, guys, that's going to do it for me here on this Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining me, as always, and for checking out our great sponsors. On Friday, we are going to be joined by Chairman James Comer of the House Oversight Committee who is doing extraordinary work in unearthing the depth of corruption and rot, not just around the Biden crime family, but throughout our government. So he's going to be here with the very latest about not just the investigations, but how we can hold all of these criminals responsible. You're not going to want to miss that show. That's coming up here on Friday. All right, have a great rest of your week, and I will see you right back here on Friday.